0: Before we get started, I need to thank three new Patreon patrons. Thank you, Ryan Morton, Alexander Stimson, and Jake Beckhard. I'm sorry, woke, try hard. That's what it says. Thank you all for supporting the original cast, I hope you enjoy the perks that come with being a patron, like live-streamed events, early access to episodes, and our Patreon bonus podcast, The Original Cast at the Movies. For wrapping up our year of sequels and biopics, we've done Evita, we've done Staying Alive, we've done Shock Treatment, we've done Grease 2, the subject of today's episode, and we've got Judy and Mamma Mia Here We Go still to come this year. Next year's theme has been decided, and certain patrons already know what it is. You're gonna love it. Go to Patreon.com slash OriginalCastPod to become a patron and get all the perks therein. All right, here's the show.
1: Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form
2: of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darling's you.
0: Hello, and welcome to the original cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is an award winning actress, singer, and writer who can currently be seen every Thursday at the August Wilson and Funny Girl. It's Julie Benko, everybody.
1: Hi, thank you so much for
0: being here today. This was so great to talk to you.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: um, you come very highly recommended by Al Silber, so I, I love will... al
1: she's yes. my 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 stage big sister we
0: all we all love Al. She's so wonderful yeah. uh and uh, but we're gonna, well, I'm sure she'll come up. We're not just here to talk about Al Silver, you're here to talk about
1: Greece too. Whoa.
0: Grease 2! We haven't even done (laughs) Grease 1 on this podcast. We're here to do Grease 2.
1: Well, look, we could talk about Grease 1, too. uh, Grease 1 also. Also. Hilariously,
0: (laughs) it is actually scheduled for later in the feed, so keep your eyes open, folks, for Grease 1. We will get there, Uh, but we're going to go backwards a little bit and talk about Grease 2. And I, Julie, I got to say, if you'd asked me, what is Julie Benko going to pick? Don't <laughs> pick 15 cast albums. I don't know that Grease 2 would have even crossed my mind.
1: Yeah, I, you know it crosses very few people's minds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How did Grease 2 come into your life?
1: Uh, okay, so so I was at the phase in my life where I think I was like 10 or 11, and I was obsessed with movie musicals, and I would I was I was sort of switching off between watching The Sound of Music and meet me in St. Louis and Greece like every day. Mm -hmm. And oh, maybe as Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Like I have watched (laughs) all of those movies hundreds of times. And I was in that phase where I would just like, I would just watch, go kind of cycle through them. And then we were, I remember I was walking in FYE if you remember that
0: yes, for your entertainment as it yes was the, um yes. it
1: was in the mall mm-hmm. um another thing that feels like of the past formerly the um, wall fye <laughs> and uh we were in the i was in the mall with my mom we're at, at fye and i saw grease 2 as a vhs on you know display <laughs> and i was like what is this because i loved grease so much and mm-hmm. um and I was like, mom, mom, can we get it? Can we get it? She's like, no, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) Uh, we can't. And then, you know, I didn't think about a month went by and then it was Hanukkah. And lo and behold, what did my mother get me for Hanukkah? Uh, Grease too.
0: Sneaky. Very sneaky. I like Um,
1: it. So it was one of it was a Hanukkah gift. And I, I can still tell you i mean i know every line every every lyric i mean i i just fell in love with it and it's that thing of like i was right at that very impressionable age where mm-hmm. now it's like i look back and i, I mean i know i'm aware that grease too is not high art <laughs> you know um uh, but it holds just such incredible nostalgia for me um and for my sister who can also you know we would watch that together and we can do i mean we look we watched a lot of things together and we can do a lot of different soundtracks uh my sister she's not an actor she's a she is a playwright and a director and also she's writing a novel, but mm-hmm. she uh, she lives in Brooklyn, but she's a theater eatery gal, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, but uh, we would just be in our, you know, in the basement for hours upon end, running through various cast albums. And we we do a very famous version of um, the Phantom of the Opera and the Point of No Return where she is the Phantom. She wow. loves to play the Phantom, but we also do Grease too. And when I actually met my best friend, of the last decade, who is an actor as well. Uh her name's Jenny Baker. And we did we had actually did Fiddler together. This was after we'd become friends, um, because we were always going in for the same parts at auditions because we look alike. And um and it turned out that she also knows every line of Grease too. So we do Grease 2 <laughs> viewings. That's how I knew. I was like, oh, we're supposed right. to be friends, you know? Um, Cause we, you know, so we do we do Grease 2 viewings every now and then. And we, you know, we have, we actually have like pink lady jackets and-, oh, gosh. and we, You know, well, my pink lady jacket to be fair was my pink lady jacket co- costume when I was mm. in high school in Grease. Oh, okay. So I just I I I didn't go out and buy it like sure after the you know separately. But uh yeah, I just I it, it was very formative.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I would say so. I, I so I saw Grease 2 for the first time this year. Um interestingly enough. And uh, <laughs> we 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 covered it for my Patreon podcast, the original cast of the movies where we're doing a year of sequels and biopics and this was one of the ones where I was like, well, you got to do Grease 2 obviously. Um so
1: well and what was your what was your uh
0: here's the here's the thing I had it's 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 not good but I had a wonderful time it is you know it 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 was a movie that I it it does have moments I think if I was younger I would not care about Mm -hmm. the things that bother me um because there's it does the thing that I it infuriates me sometimes with with bad movies where it's almost good sometimes like he almost makes the right decision and that and i'm like oh if you just if you just did that a little more it might work but at the same time it totally owns how nuts it is and that's always fun to watch uh and you know it's 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 just a lot of it's a lot of fun to watch with people i would never want to watch it by myself but it's a lot of fun to watch with people and it does have a tremendous number of fans who are, because the people who know Grease 2 either, actually I should say, there's only two kinds of people. People who don't know what Grease 2 is and people who adore it. There's really mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of in-between in the in the Greece, in the the world of Grease 2.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I do want to say like, you're absolutely right. It is not good, yeah. but it is correct to enjoy yourself while yeah. watching it. <laughs> um, I'm curious to know what you think what you think could have been changed to make it better? Like what, or what bothered you?
0: Well, so what's interesting is is so it starts. It's a really interesting idea. If you're going to do a sequel to Grease, I mean, the first question is why. But then the second question is like, we're going to skip that. Okay, fine, never mind. We're not going to wonder why. We're just going to do it. It makes a lot of sense to have it be instead of be the bad boy and the good girl to have the bad girl and the good boy. Like that makes a lot of sense. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a really smart idea for this one now we're gonna we're gonna flip it and that is gonna be interesting and, and a we, lot more
1: pat, like feminist you know i guess it, in general it stands that test better than grease one
0: actually yes oh well yes uh which is a low bar but it does clear it uh <laughs> and patricia perch you know directing obviously i'm sure had a big was a big part of that uh but then it it kind of devolves from that point into this very odd I mean, I could ask you to summarize the story. Yeah, can you summarize the story?
1: <laughs> I'm yeah, okay, Asher, uh, sure, gladly, I'll gladly summarize the story. So <laughs> it's um, basically uh, the school year has started. We're a couple years after the original Greece, All of the T-Birds and Pink Ladies have graduated, except Frenchie is come, right. she's, back, uh, yeah, she's to, back to get her to get her diploma. Right. <laughs> um, And uh, Stephanie Zanoni, who is the leader of the Pink Ladies, has broken up with the leader of the T-Birds because he's just too immature for her. Mm -hmm. And there's a new guy in town who is cousins with um, Sandy, (laughs) Olivia Newton-John. But although Olivia was Australian, the cousin is British. British, yeah. Not Australian. And he is, you know, he's very nerdy. And by nerdy, I mean he just likes, um, he's just likes English class. I mean, I think he's, he's, yeah, he's not really nerdy.
0: It it more has the vibe of like when a you've seen this in a lot of movies where a private school kid comes to a public school. He dresses too nicely. He's a little too formal, and it loves the people the wrong way. He's not especially like bookish.
1: No, Um, but so he he falls in love with Stephanie, and uh, but it's very clear that she wants a. Cool Rider, where she sings, uh, just she she sings it, and it's especially good because at the end she literally spells it out in the song as she's dancing off. Yes, I want to see O O L R I D E R, and then she spells it again because yes. I need to see. <laughs> um, and um, and so then he changes himself. For her, and he—he he basically creates this alter ego where he learns how to ride a motorcycle.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: he, like he gets this this really crappy motorcycle, um, and he he learns how to do tricks on it and stuff. And then he he meets her as this like rider with who just helmet never comes off, and she she falls for this mysterious man. who She goes on these d- romantic dates with, but she's never seen his face and meanwhile she just finds max you know the the nerdy guy i mean she's like fine she doesn't hate him but she's just not interested in him and uh he also makes money he's making money to fund all of like the the stuff all of his um motorcycle stuff by writing english papers for right. all of the t birds right and Forgot and, and then um and then in the end, like she thinks that he dies in <laughs> a motorcycle accident and then they're doing the school talent show. And, and in the middle of the talent show, everything change. like they're doing all the T te- the, the pink ladies have this whole, I'll be your girl for all seasons number. And, you know, she's winter and then the, she stops the talent show and then starts singing this solo as winter. And then she goes to biker heaven in her imagination. And there's, um, there's like you know fog and 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 he shows up and anyway they sing this love duet and she realizes how much she loves him and is gonna miss him, but then she finds out you know at the luau the the, the graduation luau <laughs> that um, that actually it's Maxwell um, you know and and now she she gets two for the price of one she right. gets the the smart. Guy, but also the sexy, cool rider that, of her dreams, and so they end up together. And meanwhile, we 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 enjoy all the escapades of all of the other Pink Ladies and Tea Birds, including Lorna Lorna Left, um, yes, uh, Judy Garland's daughter, yes, um, who is uh, she's in love with? She's kind of dating uh, uh, Stephanie's ex boyfriend, the leader of the T-Birds. and uh, yeah, there are all these other you know. You just follow every what everyone else is trying to do you know um and and it's it's just a blast
0: (laughs) i really while you were describing it because it was absolutely right everything you said was true uh i was thinking in my head of a person who had never seen greece 2 and sort of when you're like well they do this and then they go to the luau and then you're like yeah that's like absolutely (laughs) what happens in this movie there's no no question about it that is literally what happens but it doesn't make any more sense when you're watching it than when you just described it like because these things like kind of come out of nowhere it's like and we're going to the luau i'm like oh okay right we're going to (laughs) the
1: the luau the luau the luau the the
0: luau luau. (laughs) it really is one of those movies that lives moment to moment it's an and then movie where it's like We have this scene, and then we have this scene, and then there's very little cause and effect between, like, relationships and characters. Because, like I say, they set it up really interestingly, where Michelle Pfeiffer and Stephanie breaks up with her boyfriend because he's not mature, and then this mature guy shows up. And you sort of think, oh, okay, like, that's the natural progression. But she hates Max (laughs) sort of from the jump.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she thinks he's so lame.
0: Yes, like, right away.
1: <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, it's like kind of the plot of Twelfth Night in reverse, a little bit. A little like, bit, yeah. You know, except that I would think in Twelfth Night, right, like, Orsino, sometimes in smart stage productions, they add some moments where Orsino is kind of attracted to Viola right. as, right. Yes, um, to
0: give you that, pre- the setup, sort of, that, right. that this is where this is eventually going to go.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I think one of my favorite I mean, it's hard to pick a favorite number in this in, in this show, in this movie, but I mean there's reproduction, which is when they're in health class, learning about the birds and the bees.
2: Tab hunter. <laughs> now you see just how the stamen gets its lusty dust onto the stigma. And why this frenzied chlorophyllous orgy starchy spring is no enigma. We call this quest for satisfaction of what, class? A photoperiodic reaction! Oh, that's good!
1: Got your pistol
2: right here. Where does the bowling go?
1: And then there's um when they're at the bowling alley, we're gonna I'm gonna oh, yeah, score, score tonight. tonight.
0: Yeah.
1: And they do amazing dancing in the bowling lanes. Yeah. And and I think there are nuns who dance in the mm-hmm. bowling lanes. They're dancing. And then um, there's, uh, oh, with, they're in the bomb shelter. And uh, let's do it for our country. Do it for there's our country, yes. Sharon. Sharon is, I forget the T-bird the that she's dating, but he, is it Demucci? I believe Louis so. Demucci. Yeah. And he, he's trying to basically, you know, sleep with her and, and, and so he convinces her that the russians are attacking right and that let's we have to do it for our country but she thinks that he means sign up for the draft yeah,
2: let's do it for our country the red white and the blue it's uncle sam who's asking so your mother will approve tomorrow i'll be fighting and i will win this war for you let's do it for our
1: And then, and then there's, you know, the talent show, which is just, it's just, um, you know, into, into biker Heaven, which I love too.
2: I love you, you won't be far away, I just close.
0: That was the moment where I was sitting listening to you talk about being like, gosh, I wish I had never seen this movie because this sounds bananas. <laughs> but it's absolutely what happened. Like, it just sort of occurs. She has this, you know, dream ballet on the stage in the middle of this thing. Yeah. And I, ascends for a minute.
1: I love it because it's the kind of 80s movie where, which I, which is so one of the things that I think we all love about the 80s, which is that there was no apology for being totally... Uh, Extra.
0: Mm-hmm. That is just it. Just is what it is, and doesn't ask for your permission.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just like we're gonna do something really in like just so off the charts, and um, and we're gonna celebrate it. Like that's so it's like total eclipse of the heart. Like, you know.
0: <laughs> well, see now, I'd agree with you. It does have. I mean, it has. It it wants to have big Jim Steinman energy, but. One thing I was struck by listening to the soundtrack, which I had never done, I'd only watched the movie for the the other show, I had never actually sat down and listened to the soundtrack, is how kind of flat the songs sound without... The visuals behind them. Because it is a bonkers visual movie. And like you say, the dancing is I mean, Patricia Birch is a great choreographer. And she's very good at filming choreography, which is not the same skill set. But that opening number of Back to School again is very, very well shot, especially for a large dance number. Um, but the music is kind of mixed in this weird way where the vocals sit right in the middle with the instruments, which I don't know if they were going for kind of like a fifties Phil Spector sort of wall of sound vibe, but it's not great for a musical when you really are supposed to be listening to the lyrics and like really the characters are theoretically expressing themselves in the lyrics. I found the songs kind of hard to listen to or hard to understand. I should say.
1: I I never thought of it that way, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I I think, you know, no, it certainly wasn't written for storytelling, um, let alone storytelling on stage where, you know, you have a cast that normally a Broadway cast album, you know, things for theater are written to be all in a wide shot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to be able to tell the story with text. And I think when it's written, when it's written for for movie to begin with, right? And then it's written for a movie that, honestly isn't
0: very good it's like (laughs)
1: uh, when when did you realize
0: it wasn't very good
1: (laughs) (laughs) um probably probably knew in high school I think I Mm -hmm. I think I probably knew in high school um but you know who's to say what's good well that's
0: the thing (laughs) I mean I, I would say that from a you know if you want to talk about story beats you want to talk about plot like all those things Mm is you know is it a good movie objectively i think we have to say no but you could have a lot worse time like watching a motion picture and i think one of the big problems i end up having with it is that it when it goes nuts i love it you know what i mean like i say motorcycle dream ballet into into biker heaven Reproduction. Mm-hmm. Like those are the moments where I'm totally with the movie. And I feel like the movie is it's at its most comfortable. But there's some other moments where it's kind of almost trying to have it both ways. With like I mean, the love duet is just like one of those very boring sections of a you know romantic comedy kind of thing. It's a little too earnest. I want it to be sillier. When it's really silly is when it's at its absolute best. You know, it's yeah. leaning the absurdity of it.
1: Like the worst song is probably charade. Right. When he's when when Matthew's like singing to himself in the lunchroom that he's just so it's so hard for him to maintain the charade. (laughs) It's
0: it's probably the worst. It's barely a metaphor. is hard in a comedy like that you know it 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 feels like it all of a sudden has to I don't know if it's sort of like it's apologizing for itself a little bit
1: I'm curious to know you know I think it would be an I don't think it would necessarily be a bad stage musical Mm -hmm. if you really embraced that you know element of it which is that it's you know, that you'd have to just embrace the wackiness and the like a Xanadu or, you know, or yeah. something that's, um, that's a self aware of its camp, you know. And I think it could actually do pretty well if it, if it did that. But obviously, if it tried to take itself too seriously, it would be.
0: Yeah. And, and you, I mean, I did think several times of both Xanadu and, um, can't stop the music the the wonderful village people movie musical which if you've never seen
1: i have not seen oh it.
0: run don't walk julie it's if you like this <laughs> you will love that because that movie's bonkers uh and so much but again i don't also, know also, i might
1: i might have my taste might be too good now is the problem well that, no, See, know? that's
0: the thing i think you're it, one of the great things about encountering a movie like this early is that i think you gain an appreciation for this like one of the reasons I have this podcast, one of the reasons I like it so much is that I I don't really believe in guilty pleasures. I believe you like what you like, and that's fine. And don't be ashamed of it. And I think when you're exposed to stuff like this early, it really sets you up to be like, no, that's, I I can enjoy things that are out there and, and a little bit, you know, left of center and unapologetically weird. And if you like Xanadu, I think you're really like, can't stop the music.
1: You know, <laughs> so I've never time. seen
0: Xanadu. You've seen Xanadu either? Uh, oh I've, man. You I know a, that
1: I've seen like clips of it, I, but I've never seen it front to back and I've I never just, saw the stage version.
0: I am imagining a sort of marathon evening where you watch this, <laughs> Xanadu, Can't Stop the Music and the movie The Apple. I don't know if you've ever heard of that no. movie musical. <laughs> oh man. There that that is a four like that's a that's a that's a quadruple feature that might like do some damage to the human mind. I'm not I think I know sure.
1: what I might be doing up in the treehouse at Funny Girl for it's the next so, few weeks. <laughs>
0: oh it. man. You come out of there with a sort of perception of like cuz they're all made around the same time. It's this early 80s vibe where I think people were still sort of figuring out like what what is this decade going to be? Like what are we into? Cuz it's kind of coming out of disco, but disco's still around. And our we go through these tropes every couple of years, where we sort of decide is the movie musical a thing anymore? You know, and you see that think piece gets written about every five years, and frankly, it's getting super boring. But we still, I think it is an interesting thing to notice that every every couple of years, they, these movie musicals come out that are wild and people kind of either embrace or don't embrace them and then we go on and then we swings around again and then we go like oh the movie musicals back well it never really went away if you kind of <laughs> look at right. the actual right. timeline of everything uh right and we're sort of in the post cats world right now obviously where you know <laughs> the movie right Musical's well, taking a hit but yeah
1: well but then we also had in the heights and right. and we had uh 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 tick tick boom and we had a west side story so we had a few we Mm -hmm. had a few pretty good ones in the last year yeah um and then there was cats um right you know (laughs) um and (laughs) i'm i'm all for let's you know let's make the movie musical a thing again but you know i also think it's so hard because it's It has to be its own medium. It can't mm-hmm. be, it can't be, let's adapt the stage show. Yeah. You know, which I thought Tick, Tick, Boom did so well. And in the Heights, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, like they, they understood the assignment, which was yes. like, it has to, we have to, um, it has to sort of move into a music video territory mm-hmm. at times.
0: You got to tear it apart and put it back together again. And-
1: yeah. It has to be visually you know it's a movie it's a picture yeah it's a, it's a moving picture
0: and there's very few movie successful movie musicals that were straight adaptations of the stage production i mean i'm sure you're acutely aware of all the differences in the funny girl movie and the stage show
1: you know i've only seen the funny girl movie one time and it was bef- it was before my callback so i oh. i don't even i didn't even know the show very well so now i'd be interested to go and mm-hmm. now that i just know it really well Um, I mean, I do sort of know just from people talking about this or that, um, but I I actually don't know all the differences.
0: I mean, I talk about it all the time, but one of the funny, like, one of the the places I think that movie musicals get into a lot of trouble is that, as you are acutely aware, there are songs in musicals that exist to give actors breaks, you know, and to give other characters a chance to perform. So, like, in Funny Girl, the example I I usually cite is um, Who Taught Her Everything?, which yeah, really exists to give Fanny a few you know minutes to sit down and have a drink and like recuperate before we go on for the rest of the show.
1: I'm and- honestly I don't know about that because oh, okay. they should because only because and I it is a break that and temporary arrangement which they added in mm-hmm. to this production is a right. break. Um, but there there was so little um concern for giving Fanny a break. At any other time that sure. I'm like, I don't think that's why they put it in. <laughs> sure.
0: It's very possible. You, but you have to have, you know, there, there, there's a different way of, you know, you write a musical differently. You know, even if yeah. it's just to cover a costume totally. change. Like that, yeah. there's, there's a section, you know, of a song. Sumi's a good example from Guys and Dolls where it exists to sort of, we have to take away the crapshooter set and put up the other, uh, right. the, uh, the, the, the pre, uh, mission hall set. So we bring two characters down in front of the curtain and they're going to sing you a number yes. for a minute. And those songs can become favorites and people love them, but they rarely work in a film because they kind of stop the narrative for a minute. They interrupt the flow. You know, there, there's a lot of different reasons. And so if you're going to do Grease 2 on the stage, which I think would be very, very interesting, you would really have to be willing to sort of tear it down like they did with Xanadu and put it all back together again. And, you know, then you wonder, well, how much of the, you know, it's that terrible thing of adapting a movie to the stage also of like, Why are we coming? Like, if you have you cut too much of the stuff that I know, I'm not going to enjoy myself, which is always problematic,
1: right? And then you also have to deal with okay, I need to make the fans of the movie happy, right? But we want to reimagine it to be its own thing because there's nothing worse than just putting a movie on stage without giving it a theatrical device that merits Mm -hmm. bringing it to the stage. Like I think, like once, for example it did is it's one of my I mean, it might be my favorite contemporary musical. Mm. Um, but that is such a great example of there was a movie. And mm-hmm. why do we turn it into a musical? Well, we do it by making it its own complete thing. And the reason that people play all their own instruments, it's not just a gimmick. Like, I, you know, that where because you could so easily have a show where somebody says you know, oh, I have this gimmick where it's an actor musician show and everyone's going to play their own instruments, but they have to in that show because it's 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 essential to the point of the the show mm-hmm. and it brings a whole new meaning to the show and to, you know, to the message of, you know, of your the, that music makes makes life worth living for this guy and for and for all of us and that art is a healing thing for all of us so you need to find whatever that is for Greece too. Uh,
0: <laughs> <you know. laughs> what is the theme of Greece 2 Julie what is would you the say theme? what's the theme of Greece
1: 2 <laughs> uh, well, well, I think
0: it wants to be be yourself you know what I mean like it wants mm-hmm. most of these movies like this end up. the theme sort of is like no no just be be who you are and like and and don't don't hide behind some other per, you know be be say what you want and be who you are but the movie almost immediately undercuts that with having Stephanie really be in love with the biker guy, and it isn't really until right. he reveals himself as the biker guy that she's like, "Oh, it's you. Okay, then I can I can be with you." you and know?
1: what is so? What's the what's the message of Greece? Is the message of Greece one change yourself for love?
0: Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> the message of Greece one, I think, wants to be. If you're if you're willing to be with someone, you have to be. You, again, I think it wants to be be yourself because, like, one of the bits with they they try so hard and they fail with Danny. Like, they want to show that Danny like was this one person on vacation and he's acting yeah. this way as a T bird, and yeah. now he's. Rev- but it's really not true. Like, it's not. It's not the honest approach to that. Character. Right. Well,
1: because ultimately he doesn't have to change to get the girl. Yeah, he joins at the all. track
0: team. It's not really the same as her, like, right, stripping right. her entire personality. Right. To when the he's crowd. like, I
1: let her in track. Can you, <laughs> you know, while <well>, you. <laughs> and uh, and then she shows up and she's. she's A giving, whole
0: different person.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's giving herself lung cancer and she's thrown away all right. of her. You know? Everything
0: she cared about before, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: but, but so in that way, I do think Greece two is actually more successful than Greece mm. one in in doing it in 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 aiming. It, I think accomplishing what it aims better, mm-hmm. aims to do better than Greece one because she does say, "Oh, I'm so glad I get two for the price of one." Right, <laughs> and and I, it's obviously not. Like well set up, but but she is happy that it's Maxwell in the end. Yes, and and um. Well,
0: and she's struggling with this thi- Like she has this onus of being the head of the Pink Ladies, who's supposed to date the head of the T Birds, and then she breaks up with him, and they like want to take her jacket away, and they put her through all of these like trials of like you're not who you say you were. Like she gets ostracized a little bit for standing up for what she believes in and she never really backs down. You know, she's tried and she she kind of waffles a little bit when the pressure gets really hard, but she never backs down from what she wants, which is not something you'd expect to see in a movie like this, I think.
1: Right. Plus, I think it's actually been a bit since I watched it, but she's smart. Like mm-hmm. she's she's a smart cookie. Yes. Um and she does well in school and stuff. She's not it's it's not like you know, he's then throwing away everything that, you know, all of his prospects in life right. to be with her right you know
0: yeah he's just he's writing everyone else's paper so he can pay for his motorcycle that right he, that he right got. and they're like shakespeare <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> when he pulls off his helmet like, shakespeare so did <laughs> that's true <laughs> forgot about that so did you always know from grease two forward that this is what you wanted to do <laughs>
1: Um, um, no, I did not surprisingly not from
0: staging, staging shows with your sister in the living room and everything. I mean,
1: I loved it. I loved it so much, but, um, I did not, you know, I would always ask my mom for voice lessons and Mm. she was like, no, you know, she had heard through some family friend that if you had voice lessons too young, it could ruin your voice now i think hmm. that that is maybe it's true that if you go to the wrong person right who teaches you how to high skrell when you're 11 yeah. you could maybe do damage mm-hmm. but i don't really think there's any problem with having voice lessons as long as you go to somebody who you know is is uh, gonna teach you how to use your natural voice and, say, and not hurt yourself breath
0: control and stuff like that yeah, yeah.
1: I mean now as a professional singer and teacher mm-hmm. you know vocal teacher I'm like I I don't think there's anything at all wrong with a kid having voice lessons I think it's great but um and I think really just having people sing you know mm-hmm. it's just the more you sing the the better you'll get honestly um it's your 10,000 hours right. but um she was and then I had my bat mitzvah and I was studying with the cantor, you know, to prepare. And he was like, said to my mom, you should get her voice lessons. She actually has some talent. And so she was said, really? Okay. <laughs> so I started taking voice lessons. Mm-hmm. And then I did this local JCC production of Fiddler on the Roof when I was a freshman in high school. And um, that was really what changed it all for me. I... Uh, the I auditioned and then my my dad who had driven me to the audition like they saw him, the director saw him and was like, "Sir, like, we're desperate for papas. Can you be in the sh- Can you be in the show?" <laughs> and he's like, "I don't do this." And right. they were, like, "Please, you can sing Happy Birthday." And then it ended up that the my whole family was in that show. My sister was Bielka, I was Hadel, my dad was Red Morcha, the innkeeper, and my mom was like, "I'm not sitting at home." right you know while you're all in rehearsals so she was in the ensemble and she sold bagels and um there you go the director of that show sat me down at the end of that show and said you know I think that you have talent you know you have talent and this is if this is something you want to do you could do it and um I had not considered you know acting or singing as a career uh until then because nobody in my family was particularly artsy. Mm-hmm. Um I just didn't consider it uh as a career. And um so I started studying with her. Toby Silver was her name, is her name. She's she's with us. Um and um I took acting lessons with her and she had a summer youth program and I would go there and then I was her a camp counselor there. And then you know I so I worked for her and she helped prep me for uh, college auditions and mm. I, but at the time I said, you know, I only want to go to maybe one of these three programs for musical theater. And if I don't get in there, then uh, I'm not good enough and I shouldn't pursue it. I mean, I was, which I, I now look back on that. And I think that was the dumbest right way to frame. it. And then when I tell, when I talk to people who are applying to school, I'm, I, I tell them the opposite <laughs> because yeah. It's it's these programs are there are so many reasons why you might not get in and mm-hmm. and and there's so many routes to becoming an actor and having a successful career as an actor and school is one way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many ways to to train and to some people just start working, you know. Right but, um so and learn on the job. So I don't really I don't subscribe to that idea at all, but when I was 18 and I I think I had a very black and white sort of way of thinking about things and. um, So I was I I had this idea oh if I don't get in then i'm gonna go and just study something academic Mm -hmm. Um, because I was pretty good student and I probably would have become like a doctor is mm. which kills my mother <laughs> you know Just kills my mother <laughs> um, um but i remember doing ap bio and and um we went they they took us to open heart surgery and i was oh so gosh. um i mean it was we weren't in the room like you go to right. You know, that you're watching it on a big screen. Right, I, yeah, um, no,
0: I know you're not standing around
1: the, <laughs> the, poor, the poor soul
0: having the procedure going, There's ooh. like
1: yeah. <laughs> 20, like, 17-year-olds, like, peeking into somebody's open chest cavity. Open cavity, cavity. yeah. Like, right. <laughs> um, but uh, we're, I was amazed by the open heart surgery, and uh, I just was – I just was like, I just couldn't believe it. And I, I loved AB bio. So I, my, what I always say is, Oh, I would have been, I would have been an OBGYN or something and Mm -hmm. brought life into the world. Um, But the acting bug got me first Mm -hmm. and I did get into these programs and, you know, and I did start working. Um, You know, I did sort of end up on that career path, but there, there were actually many times, even throughout my twenties when I was, you know, I remember like I I had done I'd done spring awakening, I'd done Les Mis, I had taken time off from undergrad to do those. And then I came back and I finished my degree and then I was I couldn't book work for mm. you know year, like a year and a half. I didn't book anything and I was um and then it's just so hard. You're just just constantly, you know, in that it's just so hard. The constant knows the you just waiting for auditions and it just they don't come along very often and you know, Mm -hmm. it's so hard. And so there have been so many times throughout my twenties, even that I would go, well, you know, maybe I'll go get my post back and then I'll apply to med school. And I I really entertained that as a possibility until my late (laughs) twenties. So, um, yeah, I felt like I had to keep coming back and choosing acting and over and over.
0: Well, which is the the trick, it seems to me. The more I talk to people who have the similar experience, the mind that like one of the biggest tricks is just not quitting. That if you hang yeah. around long enough, it it becomes you eventually. You know, like that's if you're if you are good and you you have the drive and you have a realistic sort of expectation of yourself, and you just don't quit, it'll it'll work out. It seems to be a pretty common theme among all working actors that I know. In any event,
1: yeah, I think I think so. A lot of it is just keeping at it. Um, but you know, sometimes you just have to be so patient, you
0: know? Well, I think most of the time you have to, I I wonder how hard it is to, and how much you would, would tell your students to, cause it's so hard to, to, there's this false dichotomy. I think we have So speaking of black and white views of things in, especially in, 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 in America, but, but I think it exists in a lot of places that you're supposed to go until you make it. And then once you make it, you're fine. You know what I mean? Like you coast, it's all, it's all good from there. And it simply isn't the case where you, like I, I've never met anybody on any level of this business who doesn't feel like it could all be taken away from them in a heartbeat and isn't constantly hustling. And that's a hard, you know, we all were brought up to believe in, you know, the happily ever after sort of like, you know, you made it and now you're there and it's all gravy from here on out. And it's just not true. It's just simply not a thing.
1: Yep. It would be so nice. <laughs> if you could just, I mean, maybe if you're like Hugh Jackman or I don't know. I, maybe.
0: Even, I heard, uh, I didn't speak to him personally, but I heard Tom Hanks express this opinion that he believes that like, he oh, wow. Thinks... I
1: was literally going to say Hugh Jackman or Tom Hanks. Yeah, that was going to be thing. my next
0: one. I don't know if he still feels this way. He might be old enough now where he's like, ah, I'll be fine. Like if it all goes away, I, I'll, I can retire and it'll be okay. But he it was like 10 years ago. I heard him on a podcast talk about how he still thinks it could all disappear. And I thought, well, if Tom Hanks isn't secure, nobody is. Like literally it has to be, it, it just has to be constant. And it was very freeing for me in that moment to be like, oh, people just feel this way all the time. <laughs> Great. Okay. Like I can, I can, I can hate that feeling, but at least I know mm-hmm. I'm not alone in that sort of, in that sort of sentiment.
1: Yeah. I think all, I think all actors, I mean, and freelancers in right. general feel that way. And and I think that's also part of why there's been such a movement for people to create their own content and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and, and, you know, write and, and do all these other things so that you can get some element of feeling like you can be creative. Um, Cause I, I, you know, you think now, okay, well if you're somebody like Elle fanning
2: mm-hmm. and
1: you know it's never going to go away for Elle because she has a production company right. <laughs> 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 she's literally going to just produce content with great roles and mm-hmm. and some of them will be for her and some of them won't be but right. you know that's what that's the cool thing i think when you you reach the level if you want if you want it right sure. it's like, Tom Hanks could just start a production company and then he'd never have to worry.
0: Sure. I mean he did. He started a production company, and oh, made right. his own movie. Yeah. I mean it's yeah. it's it's what and I think it's why people do that. You sort of right. wonder like why do people start theater companies or production companies? It's to have control over their their destiny, which is right. such a hard, you know. Again, but I say
1: the, that like it's easy to, to start a production. Well, company. that's the
0: other problem. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people do it also thinking it's going to be easy. And then, you know, like,
1: oh, oh. <laughs> this is hard. Oh, this is
0: its own kind of no fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All that
1: money raising.
0: Well, and... be, but it's all connected to the same idea, though, I think, because we sort of look at other people who are, in our view, successful and try to imitate what mm-hmm. they're doing. It's like, oh, they're doing this. And of course, so, we spend so much time also like front facing in entertainment of being like no it's great it's wonderful I have all these projects going on and it's so much fun and i'm having a great time and i'm you know it's great and it might be mm-hmm. true or it might be not but like that's what you have to say <laughs>
1: you know what i mean i know and i know
0: it feels like when somebody sees someone like you for example you know you're 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 in funny girl you have an album out you did seth radinsky last night like there's a lot of success there and it's great and it's, you know, well-deserved and wonderful. But I'm sure you still feel like, oh, God, like, I hope this, like, leads to anything else.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I know. People, yeah, people, I think, think that I, I just going to, I remember in that New York Times article mm-hmm. that came out, somebody, they interviewed Julia Jacobs, who wrote the article. She interviewed somebody who was in the audience that night that I took over, the, my first night taking over full time. and. Mm-hmm this person said, you know, Oh, g- you know, give her five weeks as Fanny and she can do anything she wants after mm. this. <laughs> and I was like, really? <laughs> okay. Oh, what and good just,
0: news. Okay, great. You
1: know, people, <laughs> they keep telling me, they're like, you know, that your star is rising and I just go from your mouth to God's mm-hmm. ears, you know, because I, I, I mean, I, I hope so, but it's, you know, my life has not changed significantly. Correct. Um, I, I, from from when we started, you know, going to the theater back in in March, you know, mm-hmm. it's like I still just go to the theater and I'm in the treehouse unless I'm on and um, the treehouse is like where all the standbys and swings hang out. Right. Um, but you know it, and uh, and it, I if an audition comes in, I, I do it. But I, it's not like I'm just you know drowning in auditions. I right. You know, and so you just do that your your normal day to day and hope that. That things sort of fall into place and that something else comes and um yeah there's no there, there's no feeling of oh yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've i'm i'm totally fine now
0: yeah right exactly it's,
1: yeah it does not <laughs> i do not feel that way in <laughs> fact it, it is true that now i walk around and and sometimes people recognize me which mm. is different mm-hmm. um and i'm getting used to that where it's like i'm on the subway and and people will just be like even with my n95 on or whatever and a hat they'll be like oh my god you know can i get a selfie so that does happen but like literally yesterday i went to the pharmacy in my neighborhood and uh and lin-manuel walked in at the same time Mm. and i looked at him and kind of awkwardly smiled and waved like thinking like maybe you know and and he just he gave me that look that i'm sure he gives Everybody who, mm-hmm. he's, who who gives him a similar awkward smile and wave, it was very clear he had no idea who I was. Sure, <laughs> you know? sure, you know. And I was like, "Cool, okay, cool. yeah, right. I'm not going to be in Lin Manuel's next project. I don't think." Well, but also, um, but <laughs> hang
0: on. In your defense, also context is everything, because you know what I mean. Like, guys, you're you're. I, the yeah, we're the pharmacy, You're yeah. The pharmacy, right? <laughs> and it's like, and there you are looking however you look every day. You're not dressed as Fanny. You're not in, you know, or private shorts, I would think. You're <laughs> not like, you know, you, you look just like a person. And, you know, he is, a, I think, agree, a certain level of famous where he's very recognizable. Yeah, yeah, and- yeah his default when he walks into a pharmacy was probably a little bit of like, God, I hope nobody recognizes me. Right. And get, right. In, and get out of here. And so that's where his head's at. And I think e- even, you know, it'd be hard to recognize anybody he didn't know personally in that regard, you know. Oh, so yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily he clocked you and went, definitely not working with Julie Benko. I'll tell no, you that no. much right now.
1: No, I just, I really think, what, you know, I just, i using it as an example to be like, sure. Oh, she's she's reached this level of success, and I'm like, even Lin Manuel Miranda did not know, and he's like, he's pretty plugged in. He's plugged into my niche, feels you know. So I'm like. You know, even me goes. Oh, I guess I haven't made it. Well, I'll I'll make it when Lynn Manuel. Recognizes, recognizes you in a pharmacy. And, yeah,
0: that's how you know you've made it, folks. If Lynn Manuel yeah. says hi to you in a
1: pharmacy. Yeah, yeah, and does and when he does the awkward wave to me. I'm,
0: there you go. Oh, be, oh no, how the anyway. tables will have turned. Uh, and you can pretend you're like, I'm sorry. You are. What is? Oh yeah. So do I know you? Yeah. Right. Oh, what are you working on? That's so nice. You know, yeah. Exactly. Do that. Good for you. To, to some of those wonderful things that people say uh i mean it is it i i, I it's important to drill down on i like because i think that when i when i teach at, at the college level i always try to instill this in, in other writers of this idea of like it's the same for every anytime you're doing like you say freelance work of any kind it can always feel like a struggle and a push so how do you do you try to give yourself permission to kind of like I'll use the, the the your appearance with Seth last night as an example like after something like that being like oh, i was good i liked that i had fun doing that i enjoyed that and then you know you can sort of go back to the hustle for a little but do you you allow yourself moments of of self congratulation
1: um yeah i mean i guess it was so f- that funny it's funny that concert with seth like it was so last minute mm-hmm. i never had even i met him before years ago at the Broadway flea market and I bought a used game of Cranium from his table and he signed <laughs> it for me. Um, but I I literally had just gotten an email from Jim Caruso, who does some of the booking at Birdland and mm-hmm. um, where I had done my CD release. And he was like, you guys should know each other. And Seth wrote back and was like, great to meet you. You know, we'll find some time to do something. And then a few minutes later, he wrote back and said, actually, I am going to be in town when I didn't think I was going to. So why don't we do a concert? You know, Mm -hmm. it was like in a few days, you know, a week away maybe. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay. And then it it was live stream, just us in Mm -hmm. his little basement felt so casual Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that it didn't even feel like this big moment at all. Mm. It just felt like, oh, I'm like singing tunes with a new friend, (laughs) you know, it just didn't feel even like, because it didn't have that element of a live audience. Sure, um, but I guess I would say, I don't know. This whole uh, each thing that's happened to me on this wild adventure yeah. of 2022. Yeah. Every time something has happened, it has felt like it's happened to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um. And and it 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 really I would read about it in the news and be like, wait, what? You know that. Mm-hmm. Um that's happening to it didn't feel like because my experience of what was happening to me was different than what i was reading about sometimes and right. i tried to ignore it but also just uh i think yeah the first weekend that i went on for fanny and there was such a tremendous response on social media and and stuff i mean i didn't i couldn't sort of eat or sleep for like a full week. Cause I had this adrenaline overdose and then I was so overwhelmed by what mm. I was seeing. And it just kind of gave me a stomach ache. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, and, and so I, you know, people kept being like, enjoy it, enjoy it. And I was like, I can't, I, not, can't yeah. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I feel overwhelmed by the amount of energy that is being directed towards me at the moment. Um, and then as each thing that came, I think I was always just trying to focus so much on trying to get not get through it but 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 take care of myself while I did the task at hand and I think sure. that, yeah I think I just it's not really been moments of stepping back and going wow like pat myself on the back it's more that I just go like I get laser focused on okay what is the task at hand mm-hmm. and I want to I I need to make it happen so that that feels like I am prepared for whatever that event is. And then, yeah, I got home from the concert and I was like, I said to Jason, I was like, I had a really good time. I mean, that was so much fun. Uh, It didn't feel like a big sort of pat pat on the back moment. It just felt like I had a good time. and, um, And then, but you know, next week we have our concert at 54 Below for our album, mm-hmm. you know, and then we've got another one of them in December and, and I'm doing other things. So I, I'm really just trying to focus on, it's always like, what, okay, what do I have to do for the next thing uh, to make sure that's just, yeah. I'm just prepared. And, you know, and anytime I was playing Fanny for longer than a couple shows at a time, it was just like, okay, how do I focus on eating mm-hmm. food that won't, give me phlegm. And, right. <laughs> you know, when I'm singing and, um, and then, you know, maybe at the end of the week, when I knew the next day, I didn't have to sing, I would sort of like, wow, that was, mm-hmm. that was an enormous output of energy. And I had a great time. And now let's go eat pizza, you know? Right. Um, and I would, but it would, even then it would be just sort of a quiet appreciation because you're just having to focus so much on vocal rest and And really, like, I I just, you know, I friend of mine, my friend Jenny, who I mentioned, who was in filler with me, she was like, can I throw you a closing night party for the end of your run, which was sort of a weird misnomer, because I still do it every Thursday night. Right. But um, I was like, yeah, as long as there's like, Five people there, and mm-hmm. there's no music playing, <laughs> and we're and we're outside, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. and and that, because I don't want to talk over crowds, and I don't want to talk over music, and I don't know. It's like the as long as I need to sing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I have to be so careful all the time. So all of my all of my moments to pause are kind of quiet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, there's a real I mean, what you're saying sort of echoes a lot of the very healthy and, and good conversations were mostly good and healthy conversations we're having about work life balance, I feel like in, in the theater um, that where you do have to like physically take care of yourself. And these moments we dream of the like, as, as kids of, you know, getting the show and then going on and doing the show and then being you know, famous, even if it's just for a brief period of time, and people telling you to enjoy it, I think they don't realize in the moment how, how out of body and kind of weird and scary fun, but also weird. It can be, I, I, you, you sounded a lot like, um, George Harrison just now actually where I was reminding of when he was young. i I've really seen, I mean, a huge Beatles fan. Yes, exactly. The, the I just w- well, I, wonder, I was sounded right. like Joe oh, the, I cannot yeah. do a Liverpool. Get a Liverpool. I, can't, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a there's an I, I, I'm a huge Beatles fan. I've seen a lot of Beatles interviews and things from, and he he talks about. We do
2: like the fans and enjoy reading the publicity about us, but from time to time you don't realize that it's actually about yourself. You see your pictures and read articles about you know, George Harrison, Ringo Stone, Paul and John. But you don't actually think, oh, that's me, that I am in the paper. It's it's funny. It's just as though it's a
0: different person. And it was sort of exactly what you were saying, like you're reading about Julie Benko. You're like, oh, hmm, she sounds like she's having, like, some stuff's going on in her life. That, yeah. I don't know what her deal is.
1: I feel like being on Broadway, for the most part, for me, has felt like community theater, but with more money, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't feel like, you know, I the first time I went out on Broadway in Les Mis, I, I just remember, I like cried off stage when I heard bump, bump, and I was like, Oh, I got to make it my Broadway debut. Mm-hmm. And I, and then I got out on stage and I looked around and I went, Oh, it's the same. It's the same thing that I've been doing my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, just on a New York state mm-hmm. and there's more money behind it. And uh, that's basically how I feel most of the time which is that you know every, everybody's talented but you know it basically feels like doing community theater there's just more money <laughs> behind it but like with leah michelle in the show for instance that is the first time i've experienced proximity mm-hmm. you know uh, regular proximity to such celebrity mm-hmm. and i don't it's like nothing to do with anything about her but her fans i mean when i i'm allowed to leave the show uh, a little bit before it ends mm-hmm. right when i'm not on I'm it's allowed clear to leave. you're
0: not going to go on yeah
1: <laughs> it, it is really like almost i mean it's like there's 10 minutes left to go like, right I, I do have to stay pretty much the whole i'm sure show, you but, do yeah um but you know normally when i would leave early like it was just, you know okay bye walk out the stage door nobody's mm-hmm. there and now There are people who have been waiting, who have not, they're not at the show. I mean, they're not, they're not even at the show. They're just waiting at the stage door half an hour ahead of the show being over so that they can see Leah, you know, and, and, and it's, it's a different level of fame than I've encountered before. And it, it does feel very different. I think from the, from the feeling of, oh, Broadway feels like community theater feeling that I always, not, I don't mean to, you know, but I just, it does, it's different because if you have to go outside, if you just are going outside to go to the pharmacy right and, and a, then a reporter is there and grabbing a photo of you and you didn't have makeup on. And because you're a woman, the press treats you a certain way. Right. And then that photo gets sold to you know a tabloid and then suddenly they're running headlines with it that aren't even true you know it's just like a different it is i think a bit of a different um life that i i i'm grateful that i you know can go to the pharmacy and you know yeah it's no big you know it's i don't have to think about that you know
0: you mentioned your album with jason yeager hand in hand uh which is out now um which you can get all of i was I had to. I clicked on your link tree for it on the website, and I was hilarious. The, the, I, I couldn't get over the fact that Napster is still a thing. I didn't realize it's still Napster.
1: And ironically, world. Napster pays musicians better than almost any of the other platforms. Kind of a
0: mea culpa, right? For yeah, Napster, yeah.
1: right. <laughs> like Spotify is like oh, one yeah. of the worst. You know,
0: sure. Yes. R- routinely cited as not a great place to sell your music, but where do you, right. so talk to us, what is, uh, what is hand to hand? And, and, uh, and when are you doing it at 54?
1: Oh yeah. Hand in hand is uh, an album that my husband, Jason Yeager and I recorded, you know, during the pandemic, we started doing these uh, quarantines during, you know, when the pandemic began and um, we developed a bunch of arrangements Um Of songs that were either you know requests from the Facebook live stream or uh, or just songs that we had known Um, and we picked our favorites and we recorded them and then some of them are piano voice he's a jazz pianist Mm -hmm. Um, but some of them we overdubbed other instruments so it feels like there's more of a band and uh, you know I played clarinet and flute and uh, he plays a bunch of some percussion other keyboards and stuff and we do uh, some jazz tunes you know do you know what it means to miss new orleans we have sort of a whole new orleans set um, and we do a louisiana fairy tale that one featured the washboard tie which was a birthday present oh, i got wow. for jason
2: the is hanging diamonds in the clover the moon listening to the nightingale. And while we're lost in dreams, the world around us seems like a a fairy tale. The breeze is softly singing through the willows as hand in hand we stroll along the trail.
1: songs like we do a song from Town, and we do um if I were a bell from Guys and Dolls and um movie do musicals Mercedes
0: Benz by, by Janis uh, Joplin yeah. and yeah
1: um we do a couple songs that Jason wrote one is called mm. Sweet Pea which is a dedication to Billy Strayhorn who was Duke Ellington's right-hand man and actually wrote you know you must take the a-train mm. um which a lot of people think Duke wrote right. um and um he also wrote just begun, which was written for me to walk down the aisle at our wedding, oh. um, which I know is so cute. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so we put out this album came out in August and it's been, it's been so lovely. It's been so well received. We put it out on club 44 records, which, uh, for those who don't know is named for birdland, mm-hmm. which was on 44th street. And, uh, uh, and uh, we did our C release, CD release at Birdland, but now um, we're doing 54 Below uh, November 7th, which might be, I don't know when this is airing, mm-hmm. but we're also doing it on December 4th, which is a Sunday night um, at four, or sorry, sorry, December 4th at 7 p.m., which is a Sunday evening, because um, this current, this next show is at 9.30 p.m. on a Monday, so a lot of people are like, oh, I am. <laughs> right. very <laughs> Very pandemic, yeah. after the pandemic, everyone's like, I go to bed early, you know? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, we're we're doing those and then we'll be doing some other concerts. You know, um, we're starting to plan into 2023 a bunch of tour dates. So just keep checking back. I know we're going to San Francisco in April and um, we're going to be setting up some other concerts in the next year. And uh, hopefully, recording an- another album next year.
0: Oh.
1: I got some ideas. Oh. I got you know
0: percolating. I see. Yeah.
1: All
0: yeah. Right. Very, very cool. Uh, before before we go, I have to ask. Uh, I'm going to make you pick, Julie. What is mm-hmm. your favorite song in Greece too? <gasps>
1: oh. oh boy, this is really hard. <laughs> Okay. Wait, I pulled up the 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 list. Yeah. Um so let me see. Let's see. I'll tell you the
0: one that while you're looking. The one yeah. that like this time just listening to it, having mm-hmm. no visuals to go with it. I I found myself with who's that guy? I forgot how long <laughs> it was. Like, but it's really long. It's like like all the songs on this are like two and a half, three minutes. Like they they cruise along at a pretty nice yeah. pace. The opening's closer to four, but that's an opening number. But, like, Who's That Guy is over five minutes long. And I really, somewhere around the fourth minute, was just like, Do this song need to be five <laughs> minutes long? Because all you're saying over and over again is Who's That Guy? Oh, oh, oh. you don't know who he is i get it i get it guys let's 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 snap it along (laughs) here a little bit
1: that one yeah who's that guy is not i can definitely tell you that one's not my favorite
0: i didn't think so it's yeah
1: (laughs) it's i'm trying to decide i'm trying to think like is it cool rider is it do it for our country is it girl for all seasons is it reproduction reproduction is so reproduction
0: certainly the yeah is the is a lot of fun and a fun moment in the movie too. It
1: really, yeah. But you know what? I'm going to pick Cool Rider. Sure. Um, Because I think it's maybe, I think it's, it's maybe the most iconic. And, and I just, I just have dreams that like one day I'll get to don some tight black pants and climb up a ladder mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and spell out, I want to see O-O-L. <laughs> R-I-D-E-R.
0: Not a thing you commonly spell. I mean, cool, fine, but rider isn't something that people
1: spell. It just goes, she's so smart. Like, she can spell and everything.
0: (laughs) Look at her. She can walk and chew gum and spell. Look at that. She's the complete package. She has everything. Uh, Julie, thank you so much for for talking to me. Where can people find you on the internet?
1: Uh, They can find me at uh, at, uh, Instagram and TikTok and twitter for now
0: sure we'll i think that see. i think that goes without saying um, i think everybody's twitter for now yeah
1: yeah everyone's like hmm, i taking it day by day but um yeah. at juju julie b um and then uh that's j-u-j-u-j-u and then you keep going it but don't mm-hmm. go to juju b who is a, a really famous drag queen um oh. <laughs>
0: or do <laughs> uh, if that's what you're looking for or Which do but that that's not gonna find this Julie right
1: and then uh juliebanko.com has you know all the all the links for the touring oh. and the what's coming up next and all of those things um so yeah you can find all my stuff there TikTok probably is the most fun of all oh, of my good. platforms um I really like TikTok
0: <laughs> all right good
1: that's really good and every
0: Thursday at the August Wilson you go on and every you can Thursday. find Julie and and her mother. Uh, I've heard. And my
1: mom is she's there every Thursday. She's yeah. She's yeah. A, she's,
0: she's becoming Twitter famous a little bit. Your mother, which is great. After that little story blew up about her, I know. I was so I know. cute. Yeah. It was
1: it was so on brand for my mom because if 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 I didn't if they didn't name her in mm-hmm. that in that uh, thread, I would have known exactly who they were talking about because it was like this stylish woman who was lost, right, asking to find funny girl on a Thursday. And I was like, that's that's... my mother. Because (laughs) it's like, she's always, she's spent so much time in New York city. And and yet she cannot find, if you, if she's on seventh Avenue Mm -hmm. and she couldn't, she's just can't figure (laughs) out even when, she's always texting me from seventh Avenue, where, how do I get to Broadway? And I'm like, Look at your phone, mom. Right. Just pull it up, and she's like, "I don't." Can you just tell me? Do I turn left or right? I'm like, I don't, I don't know, know what really... way you're facing, mom. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and so, oh. but she's always dressed so fabulously, and she is always there on Thursday.
0: <laughs> Great. So, yeah. hey, you know, it's good to be supportive. I think. Actually, I just say my mom
1: was trying to reach that person who wrote that lovely mm. thread. She was so moved she that oh. that this person had just written such a lovely thread about her and she but she that you know they had their their um privacy settings were such that you can't DM them Oh if, okay are not right so sure. so um she was like how do I write to them and I just want to thank them so much and I want to invite them to come to the show with me on a Thursday <laughs> So I said, I'll I'll try and we'll get figure it touch. out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. can yeah. figure that out. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. That's such a great uh it's just so nice and so wonderful uh that your mom's so supportive and <laughs> and so much like everyone else's mom that she's lost on Seventh Avenue.
1: Yeah. Where how do I get to Broadway? I that, don't know, mom. Right. I don't know.
0: Well, it's so I mean, like aside from the fact that New York's a grid and the numbers yeah. go up and down, like that's like we'll just skip that part but i I love the 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 realness for me the the flashback i just had when you're like do i just turn left or right like i don't know which way you're facing i don't know the answer i can't help you 7th avenue is very long what other numbers do you see somewhere do you see water walk away from the water
1: and she always took call me She's like, which way do I go? But then she's moving. And so she's, right. she's <laughs> like, stop, just stop stay. Walking. And I, oh, sometimes I'm on the street and, and she's like, I'm walking this way. I'm like, no, I'm no. just going to come find you. Just, just where stand are
0: you? still. Just, right.
1: Oh. <sighs>
0: original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. Please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. It's the easiest way to help the podcast grow. Go to bit.ly slash store for t-shirts, tote bags, magnets, and more. If you like movie musicals, then you have to check out patreon.com slash originalcastpod to learn about our bonus podcast, The Original Cast at The Movies. You can follow The Original Cast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at originalcastpod. Special thanks to our social media manager, Bethany Zalecki. Hi, Bethany. My thanks to Julie Benko for coming and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal.